Customer Land is a podcast about customers, how to get more of them, how to keep them, what makes them tick. We talk to the experts, the technologies, and occasionally actual people, you know, customers, to find out what they're all about. So if you're a CX pro, a loyalty marketer, a brand owner and agency planner, if you're a CRM and personalization geek, if you're a customer service CSAT NPS nerd, you finally have a home. I'm Mike Giambattista. Welcome to Customer Land. Mike Tippett is VP of Enterprise Marketing at Hughes Network Systems, and I had the pleasure of meeting with his colleague, Nikki, at NRF a couple of weeks ago. We talked about some of the cool things that Hughes has brought to market, is bringing to market, and... Um, we said we we committed that we would get uh, deeper into the topics uh, later in a follow-on conversation. So this is that follow-on conversation. Um, Mike has drawn the short straw to answer these questions. But uh, Mike, thanks for for joining me. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I may have drawn the short straw, but I'll try to give long answers. We'll have some good times. <laughs> right. Appreciate that. So. Um, I guess at the top of my list is this, this smart plug device that you guys have brought to market. And um, maybe you can talk about what it is, what it does, but I think uh, even more interesting than that is how it does it because it's an AI powered gizmo. Maybe you could just kind of unpack that for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we're a managed service provider. Okay. I think you, I think you already knew that Mike, but, and so our business is, making sure that the services, whether it's network connectivity, Wi-Fi connectivity, digital signage connectivity, whatever that service is that we're providing, you know, we provide a, a range of them, they stay up all the time. Downtime is negative to anybody. Um, and so we're always looking for ways that we can eliminate the, the bottom problems, the simple problems, the, you know, whatever. Um, and I think you've probably heard this before, but, you know, 30 plus percent of the time when you have some kind of a device issue, a technology device, um, a simple reboot will fix it, uh, you know, and that, and that goes for cell phones, tablets, computers, uh, you know, switches, modems, the whole bit. And, and they don't necessarily have to be rebooted every day or anything. But when you start to feel or see some issues or worse, when you experience a down the, the first thing you, you you usually do is, hey, let's just reboot it. Let's remove the power, you know, so it goes all the way down and bring it back up. So if you have a, a, a location and, you know, they start to have an outage and they call the help desk and they say, hey, um, you know, we, we, we can't get on the Internet. And the, the tech will usually say, all right, let's reboot this, that and the other. Now, what I've done is I've taken somebody away from serving the customer, from serving the constituent, from working with, you know, whatever their job is to go be a pseudo IT person. And that has a whole bunch of challenges and, and possibly even some sure. risks, right? Um, so we wanted, we wanted to try and get around that. We wanted to try and improve that. So the idea was put forward, hey, let's put a, a smart plug, you know, a power unit in there. And there's there's some on the market today that, you know, you can remotely trigger, but we wanted to make it smart. Um, and so we, we, you know, we hit our engineers with the challenge of, you know, let's make this thing, uh, everything that's on the market today, but put some smarts on it and make it a platform 
that can advance, right? You know, it can go forward. So the smart plug is it's a four port device because our initial, you know, our initial focus is really on the IT closet. And there's going to be, you know, two to four primary things, um, you know, a modem, a switch, uh, you know, uh, maybe, you know, a couple of other controlling devices that are typically where, you know, we start that troubleshooting. And then we said, okay, let's not, let's, first of all, let's put, you know, an ethernet port on this thing so we can ping out and we can know, hey, wait a minute, I can't get on the internet anymore. I can't get to this known place. Okay, that's that's a data point. Uh, but let's also watch the power that's going across each of those plugs. Because if for some reason the power dips below a normal working range, we know that something's going on there as well. Um, and then, of course, we plug this into our Hueson portal, which is a uh, customer portal, as well as our own technicians to watch and see what's going on, uh, you know, at, at sites. Um, so, the, so the device does these things. We put some AI smarts in there. Now, you can't, you can't put a universal rule in there that says, oh, okay, if you can't get to the internet, immediately restart. In some organizations, you say, if I can't get to the internet, two times in three minutes, make it happen. If I can't get to the internet two times in an hour, then make it happen. So, you know, there's a rules platform in there for people to, to set their parameters and then let the device act accordingly. The smarts, uh, the learning aspect of that is, hey, you know what, so I'm watching. Real quick, just, just to clarify my understanding. Mm -hmm. So the device, not it doesn't just monitor. It, it also has the ability to actually activate a reboot based yes. on some rules. Okay. That's correct. Okay. And plug by plug. So, poor, you know, Power outlet by power outlet, right? There's four of them. I don't have to reboot all four if I reboot one. I can do any gotcha. one of them. Um, and, but the smarts and stuff are in also in the data that we're capturing along the way. You know, how often is this thing? Do we see ups and downs in power? How often do we see, uh, you know, lack of it? Because maybe maybe I go, in, you know, internet unavailable on one ping, but three minutes later, the next ping, it's back. How right. often does that happen? And do we need to start looking at things uh, you know, performance related stuff. That's that's where you're, you know, you talk about data lakes and machine learning, right? I'm starting to look at all this data and make intelligent choices based on that. And again, preference is that we do this before anyone at the location knows that something's not right. It just happens. Um, and it, it, again, we, we our every endeavor is to eliminate that really simple phone call. And then secondarily, to give us some alerts and awareness so that if it can't self-heal, we can go proactively do something again before the end user realizes there's an issue. Our, our help desk team's telling us, you know, 30% of those calls, like I said, 30% are just power reboots. So we want to knock those out. We want to take, you know, the cost of the time and the cost and the inconvenience, you know, of a third uh, of, of what's going on. So uh, I'm imagining that uh, essentially every managed service system, even outside of Hughes Network, wants a device like this. We sure or, hope or so. Some system, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm envisioning billions of sales of these of these devices because the utility is is massive. Yeah. Um, and, and as I said, you know, we started out with a four port version, right? It's four plugs. Um, we can we we built this so you could put two of them. The the size and shape. We actually made a little rack kit. So you put two of them side by side and it fits nicely in a 19 inch rack. Uh, you know, yes, my two cents, I can see it's coming out with future versions that have 
a larger port count, you know, more of them. Uh, but I also think that if you have a critical system uh, or something that needs high availability, that's not in the IT closet, you know, this, this could sit in my office right here and monitor things. So uh, we're really excited about the future of it. You know, we made announcements, uh, we kind of introed it at NRF, you know, I think you saw that there. Um, we've had immediate interest, um, you know, we've got several large customers who have been waiting for us to finish this product, make it available to them. And then when we announced it at NRF, we started to get all kinds of interest from across the ocean. Uh, you know, Europe is talking to us about it. And then uh, we've got a few other countries in other parts of the world that are like, wait a minute, this, you know, so we're, 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 we're very positive on where this is going. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. So here's a, here's a really dumb question. Does the device work outside of Hughes network systems? In other words, it, I mean, can you, can you plug this technology in uh, to, you know, other, other ecosystems? Yeah, the, the short answer is no right now because you need to have the Hueson portal to, to receive the information and, and interact with it. Um, if you, you know, you, you technically could, could put some information into it and then go plug it in somewhere and, and let it just operate with no updates and no, you know, feedback and things. Right. That's really not what it's designed to do. Yeah. Um, the engineers will, um, over time, create some APIs that might that might allow it to, you know, let, let's say, we, hey, we'll talk to a Tableau system, we'll talk to a science logic system, something like that, where that data can be uh, rolled around. But our, our first target going out the door was to work with customers who are taking advantage of our Hueson portal and our managed services. It makes makes perfect sense. I just thought I'd ask because you have to ask. Yeah, no, it's a great question. More. It's a great question. I want to take a quick break from the conversation to tell you about one of our sponsors. What could you achieve if you knew what your customers expected ahead of time? What if you could know what customers expect by category and by brand 12 to 18 months ahead of traditional brand tracking methods? And what if you could know exactly where to adjust and where to spend in order to derive the most benefit every time? A customer expectation audit allows you to identify areas that require strategic reinforcement, as well as pinpoint which values will contribute most to an emotional bond with your brand and optimize accordingly. Customerland has partnered with BrandKeys, the world's oldest loyalty-focused consumer research firm, to bring real-world customer expectation audits to brands, brand managers, and to CX practitioners everywhere. Want to know where your brand stands and exactly what to do about it? Go to expectationaudit.com. That's expectationaudit.com and download a sample audit today. So one of the one of the big themes that bubbled up at this year's NRF is, uh, I mean, I'm Everybody was talking about retail media networks, but how those are deployed uh, and ends up uh, to a certain extent happening in the world of digital signage. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys are working there. Um, I talked to Nikki about some of the ways that you're using Hughes digital signage capabilities uh, for employee onboarding, training, retention, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to just try and see what that what that looks like in your world and then um and then talk a little bit about how that dovetails with what's happening in retail media networks 
Sure. Uh, well, first of all, you know, we, we jumped into digital signage in uh, the early 2000s. I think it was two, 2001 to something like that. And, you know, we were doing some video solutions and doing some things for customers. And we said, what's the next ring? And we said, you know, digital signage is going to be popping. Um, and so we started looking at that. And at the time you had people saying, oh, yeah, you know, put it up there, sell advertising time and, you know, it'll pay for itself. It'll be free. That's not that was not the case. And, you know, fortunately, we didn't dive into that business model. Right. Uh, but what we did realize was that, you know, the the ability to talk to people with video was is and it was going to be in, in, critical. You know, I, I, I frequently comment that if you have an alternative, if you have the option of receiving information, OK, not just learning, but receiving information, 72 percent of the people will say they want to watch it. They want to watch their way to knowledge. They want to watch their way to information. They don't want to read it. They don't want to, you know, hearing it's probably a little better than reading it, but video is huge. And so we said, okay, let's start talking to retailers. Let's start talking to different people. And the, it, the ROI became your, you know, it's always one of your first hurdles with technology, right? Oh, oh sure. that's great. That would be awesome. But, you know, can I move another sweater? Can I sell another burger because of it? Um, and when you put a digital signage screen in a retail area uh, and, you know, you're putting pre pictures up there, you're showing, you know, attractive men and women wearing the clothing or using the products and so on and so forth. Say, hey, look, we had sales increase in our sweaters and somebody will come back and say, yeah, but we had a cold streak. I think it was the weather driving the sale of sweaters, not the digital signs. It was it's challenging to this day. It's still a bit of a debate. We tripped into something in talking to one of our large customers back in the day about talking to employees in the break room. Um, in, the, in the late 2000s, before 2010, um, we started to see some retailers who were, they were getting negative employee feedback scores, okay? And they, they said, hey, we got to do something about the break room to improve, improve employee morale. And one of them said, we should include some screens in there Initially, it was simply to play television. Let's just put, you know, a TV feed in there, let them watch ESPN, Food Network, whatever they want, because that'll improve morale. And we had a marketing person we were working with who had a bit of a vision and said, you know, okay, boss, I'll do that. But can I put a little bit of a L-band wrapper around it and put in company information? I don't care. Just, you know, get it going in the break rooms. And that's where what we call today break room TV was born. And it's what's really hilarious is we we the first test we did we put two screens in one was playing tv and one was playing company information we go back in we start watching and naturally the expectation was we're going to get in there and we're going to find the corporate one turned off and the other one everybody's watching tv and what we found was they were both still on and when we talked to the employees they were like oh it's it's fantastic i never knew the company was participating in Habitat for Humanity or Breast Cancer Awareness or, you know, this community project. I didn't know that my senior executives thought this way or, you know, so forth. And it's just advanced significantly about the importance of talking to employees. But the ROI was immediate. You know, you, you query the employee informally. Hey, did you know, you know, we're coming up on the benefits renewal time? Yes, I did. I saw it on the screen. So you know that it's having an impact where before it was, you know, a piece of paper on the cork board and maybe they saw it, maybe they didn't. But when you can have that impact. So, you know, we, we dove we dove right in there. Now, the price of displays has come down over the years, obviously. And, you know, the technology is improving. Uh, you know, we went through a, a 
time period where you had a variety of different kind of players and hardware players and lots of different people were building smaller and smaller. And, you know, we, we dealt with that. And today we have the advantage of all that. And we have the advantage of smart TVs that can actually run an application. So now I can put up digital signage where I want, when I want, and I, I can move it if I really wanted to. Um, and, you know, I don't, all I have to do is unplug it, move it, plug it back in because, the, you know, it's got built-in Wi-Fi. So the thing gets back on the network and gets its new content list and goes to work. And, and I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of customers who move their screens, uh, you know, regularly. Right. It could happen, but probably but, won't. Right. Yeah. you can't, Just because you can doesn't mean you will. But it does make the deployment uh, a much simpler proposition. Um, so, you know, that's, so we're seeing digital signage. I, I tell people that you have employee facing and then you have customer facing. Okay. The drivers in employee facing are, you're trying to hang on to those good employees and you have to talk to them. They have to know why they're there. They have to understand the benefit. You know, if I'm hired to work in the shoe department at a retailer, I come to work every day. I do my job. I do it well, but I start to ask myself, you know, if I didn't show up tomorrow, what does it matter? But if you have the senior level executives of the company talking to you about how customers like to come to an area that's well organized, that it's clean, that it's, you know, friendly, and that's why you make a difference, employee one, you know, that's huge. And it's it's really impactful. Move out, move out into the showroom, move out into the floor. Um, customers are constantly saying, you know, I want an experience. If I'm going to buy something or do business in a location rather than in my pajamas at home, I want it to be an experience. And so the use of digital signage to make that experience a reality is, is very, very important because of the flexibility that you get. Um, and, you know, that it's just, it's just, it's just rolling forward at a tremendous rate. Um, but, Point of sale or point of decision, that's a great place for digital signage. Sure. If you're picking up, you know, if you're picking up a, a, you know, a gallon of milk, hey, why not tell them a little bit about the cookies that taste really good with it? Or if you're, you know, if you're standing there thinking, what am I going to serve for dinner? And there's flashes of these ready-made meals and how easy it is to step over here and grab this item and take it with you. Uh, you know, that's that's huge. Anytime you have people waiting, so point of weight, okay, that's, you know, you, you can talk about infotainment and reducing the perceived wait time. You can talk about the opportunity to upsell. You know, I, I frequently will say, hey, when you're in an auto repair or auto service weight room, why not, you know, don't just show them the Ge National Geographic channel, show them a National Geographic channel, but in the corner say, hey, by the way, if you change your radiator fluid, you know, yeah. your car will last longer, so on and so forth. And then uh, there's an up and coming area point of transit or transportation. Um, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure how this is going to play out, but we're all seeing digital billboards, um, which is nice because as an advertiser, now I can buy a slice of a billboard rather than having to own the billboard for the entire right. month or a quarter. So that that's an up and coming area. 